this message is for old black parents putting meat in the freezer does not immortalize it okay niggas you need to cook it or toss it it's a fuck a lot of hands back to the podcast um i apologize if that intro message seemed really personal um it was and it is directed specifically at my dad because i know that is the same pack of chicken breast that was in the deep freezer when i graduated high school throw that shit away okay look how y'all doing it's the almost the end of the week it's almost the weekend like i'll be saying all of us nine to five warriors we done made it even though i really don't even feel like a nine to five warrior anymore like i'm a nine to five warrior don't get me wrong but i'm a work from home warrior so i'll be doing what the fuck i want y'all like when i tell y'all i'm living life over here okay i'm living life okay but anyway we back at it like a bland habit y'all and i know like (laughs) these last few episodes have been like kind of serious and i apologize for that like I've been, me, me and my therapist been doing some good work. <laughs> so I, I got to share what I'm learning with y'all. Otherwise, you know, it, we wouldn't have what we have. Okay. And I'm telling y'all, I'm getting better. You know, I am currently recording on my lunch break, you know, while I do my, my, my work from home two step because I'm free, you know, because I, I, I is free now. Okay. So I can do what I want and it feels great (laughs) okay but y'all look one of the things that I want to talk about this week and this has been like a a point of conversation for me and like some of my friends recently as well um especially like my I have a my bestie uh who is he is biracial so his black parent he's got a white parent so we have been having this conversation for a while but you know everybody knows like I, I see a lot of the trends on or not even trends I will say I see a lot of the conversations on the internet about like the the black experience as a child and that's kind of what I want to talk about because like as a certified weird black girl like weird black girl awkward black girl whatever you can think of that was me I was strange I was very standoffish I was like always ducked off low-key to myself so people just thought I was strange I was weird and what what I will say is that did not award me a lot of friends. I didn't have like a lot of social experiences. You feel what I'm saying? When I was in high school, I was hanging out with my mama. Okay. <laughs> I was hanging out with my mama. And if I wasn't with my mama, I was with my daddy. So I, I feel like, you know, one of the things that I really need to talk about is that like the black experience, first of all, is not monolithic, which obviously we all know, but I think we also need to get honest about some of the things that happened to us because of our socialization. Okay. I saw this one video that was like, oh, black people have never, black people are not making fun of you because you talk white or black people are not making fun of you because you're too intelligent. And while hindsight, y'all, I I definitely think that we have grown significantly as, you know, a group of people to where we are enlightened to what that white imperial or, you know, that white imperialist, white supremacist socializing and brainwashing has done to us. We do need to acknowledge how we were complicit in it, you know, when we weren't aware of it. And I'm because I'm definitely not saying that, like, 
you know, black people were just, oh, well, if you're, if you're smart, that's white. Like, because I definitely, like I said, I think we've grown as a people, but I do think we need to acknowledge some of the ways in which we did engage with that white imperialist, that white supremacist thinking, you know, like I said, because we were not aware of it, okay? Because I can remember being in school and having multiple experiences with other black people. And, you know, I was I, w- I was weird, okay? I was strange. I, I, I had no sense of myself, but I was also a teenager, okay? I was a child, so I'm not supposed to have, you know, this this broad sense of understanding of myself and, you know, my 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 identity and stuff like that. We all fucking confused, okay? We all 15. So I can remember having multiple experiences with the other black teenagers in the predominantly black high school that I went to where, you know, people were... I was, I and other black people, including my best friend who was white passing, were ostracized because of that like idea of fringe blackness. You know, I was a debater. I did like forensics. I did like model UN, was into like all this super political stuff. And for the most part, you know, I also was one of the people in my school that had like uh, a really like non-familiar family structure and not saying that like you know black people don't have family structures but you know I know the demographics of my school I've read the data you know I was in a school that did not have that the majority of the school weren't two-parent households the majority of the school were not you know people being raised by um you know, a primary parent being a mom, you know what I'm saying? And that's because I went to a public school. Not everybody's experience is the same. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I believe that a part of that experience was also, you know, the lack of tools that were given to kids in order to process those things. So I would, you know, I did face a lot of the, oh, she thinks she better than me and she thinks she's smarter than me type of backlash from other black people. And don't get it twisted, y'all. That is white supremacist brainwashing, okay? Because the white imperialist power structure wants you to believe that black families, that the black nuclear family does not exist. That's a part of the white imperialist brainwashing. I'm not assigning that blame to the black people that were impacted by that. That that blame is always gonna be on the white supremacist power structure that exists. However, because the tools, especially in school, were not given to us to be able to digest that or assign, you know, the correct blame or 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 category to these things, we were complicit in it. Not intentionally. It wasn't something that I feel like you know, black children were trying to do, but I definitely do not think that we had as wide of an understanding of the tools of white supremacy that we do now, so we didn't fucking get it. So yeah, while, you know, some of y'all, you know, were not bullied for being nerds, you were bullied because you fucking didn't shower for three days and you Naruto run throughout the hallway, there were definitely some people that were experiencing, you know, that that white supremacist brainwashing that was coming from other black students because they 
They didn't have the tools. You know what I mean? Hindsight is 2020, baby. Hindsight is 2020. <laughs> okay, now that I can look back on this and I'm just like, how the fuck are we supposed to fight this as 14 year olds who don't even have an understanding of the type of targeting that we are victims of? You see what I'm saying? I went to a, like I said, a black, a predominantly black public inner city school and there were fights obviously squabbles some niggas got jumped people got beat up things like that but the one thing that we never had was a school shooting but because of that white supremacist brainwashing that black kids are inherently dangerous there were metal detectors in my school we frequently had locker sweeps to check for guns and drugs and weapons and stuff like that despite the fact that we had never in my history of attending my school had an incident that involved a child being assaulted with a weapon yeah, you know, kids get hit with textbooks, okay? Sometimes you just gotta pick some shit up off the desk and slap somebody with it. Kids did, you know, throw stuff. They threw chairs around, they threw desks around. You know what I'm saying? There were multiple instances of, you know, that kind of thing happening, but we had the metal detectors. A kid brought a gun to a neighboring school district, whether it be, you know, a suburban, you know, Brookfield, Waukesha, Pewaukee, Cudahy, whatever the case may be, a, a kid bought an actual gun to one of those neighboring schools and the protocol of adding metal detectors to, you know, uh, the, the daily entrance into the school was never added because that was it was considered a one-off oh that they're just going through something but the white supremacist understanding that black children are dangerous and in order to fuel the school to prison pipeline they added metal detectors to the public inner city school that i went to and that's what i'm saying y'all we were under attack from the beginning <laughs> you know what i mean so i think that like when we when we look back on these things and we we have people who have lived experiences of being called, you know, strange because they talked a certain way or because they dressed a certain way or because they acted a certain way. We can definitely recognize that, you know, that is not something that we actively contribute to or participate in now as the enlightened individuals that we are. But it was a byproduct of that brainwashing that we experienced as teenagers in high school. That's just, it is what it is, baby. <laughs> we we can't avoid that but I, I also think we have to have a better understanding of why that was I think specifically like when you look at like the stereotype of the weird black kid and whether that black kid be weird because they're into like I don't know like because there's like categories there was like the weird because they were into like anime or comic books or manga I don't know what they're called because that's that's not my niche but you know that that category of weird black kid or there was the weird black kid that was just like super into science or math or whatever their like real real specialty subject was almost to the point to where they were obsessive and I think we need to recognize that especially within those environments that the language of you know this person might be struggling with ADD or ADHD or autism or something like that was not readily available to us and we did not see examples of kids struggling with those things that were good students or you know participants in the classroom when when you know the the school board or whatever like the school administration assigned some of those labels to kids it was because they had a behavioral problem that they wanted to medicate so that they could 
you know, put these children into the school to prison pipeline. And because that's what I'd be saying. Like there were oftentimes where, you know, there are classes full of kids who have IEPs, who are labeled as ADD or ADHD or on the autism spectrum, who have behavioral issues or um, like emotional imbalances or some type of like cognitive um, processing delay or something like that. And they were they were diagnosed and they were placed into this classroom because of that behavioral problem where they're with 40 other children who have a similar label that is that are being taught by this overworked and underpaid teacher so that those behavioral problems can turn into, you know, calling school resource officers and calling the actual police on these kids to get them removed. So those behavioral problems eventually turn into a real life adult problems that are funneling into the prison system. And I like, as a child, you don't recognize that, but you have a child in a classroom with 40 other kids who has emotional regulation problems and because there are 40 other children there is no way that teacher is prepared to handle this one give that child the one-on-one attention necessary to understand his needs so that child continues to act out that child escalates they get older and as they get older you know teachers are less equipped because now these kids the same size as you and there is absolutely nothing you can tell to and like an adult who was facing another child that's the same size as them being like, like, what are you supposed to do? I, I can't restrain this child. And these are, I'm not saying that, but this is the thought process, especially because a lot of those special education teachers are white women. So you got this white woman, she in this class and she's looking at this, you know, tall student child as an adult because she's unequipped she's ill prepared so she's gonna call the school resource officer and if there's no school resource officer she's going to call the police and that child is going to be arrested they're going to be taken to juvie or they're going to be removed and placed into the custody of child protective services whatever the case may be and now you know as this child navigates they do not learn how to respond to stress you see where i'm saying y'all this is all a part of the white imperialist power structure this so I think when we talk about the experience of, of black children, especially in public schools, because we not even gonna get into the experience of black children in private schools or in predominantly white schools or in predominantly white areas, that's a completely different conversation. But the language that, you know, we are unequipped to deal with mental illness or we are unequipped to deal with any type of eccentricity we are unequipped to deal with any type of you know uh uh a queerness and etc that that language was not available until we were able to look back in hindsight and understand the implications of white supremacy y'all that's it that's what it was it wasn't and i it wasn't intentional i don't think black children were intentionally you know trying to ostracize black children that they saw as different because you know, they just wanted to. I think the understanding wasn't there, y'all. 
Because like I said, we gonna keep it a fucking stack. We gonna keep it a buck, okay? There were definitely kids that were being bullied because they quote unquote talked white or acted white or whatever the case may be and by, you know, these little hood babies. We, we gonna keep it a fucking stack, y'all. I don't think we have to run away from the truth of the narrative. There were instances like that occurring, but it was because we were complicit and not understanding that power structure. Okay, say it with me. The white imperialist power structure, baby. That's what it was. And and I, I think now, you know, as individuals who have those tools, we look back on these interactions and it's like, oh no, it was because you you were you were purposefully doing this and you were purposefully being no, 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 no. No teenager who is dealing with a changing body and, and, and a changing environment and, and constantly changing friend groups and emotions and stuff like that is going to set up a personality that is intentionally antagonizing to black people. It's too ostracizing and it feels too isolating. I can state that from personal experience, okay? There were oftentimes that I was called onto the carpet and I had to defend myself against other black students and teachers my nigga I had a black I had a white teacher a white history teacher like my junior or maybe senior year of high school and we had gotten to you know the obligatory unit on slavery and as we transitioned through slavery and got closer to Jim Crow and segregation we were doing a unit on like lynchings and like the NAACP and stuff like that and where there were some pictures, you know, some graphic pictures that were in his slideshow and this white man pulls out his cell phone and he turns around uh, and positions himself like next to the slideshow and he starts saying, selfies with dead people. And when I tell you like the rumble of laughter that broke out because from the perspective of a teenager, this teacher is so crazy. He's so silly. He, oh my God, he's so cool. Like, you know, especially because he, he was pretty cool. He was this like middle-aged white man, you know, to the untrained eye. He was this middle-aged white man. You know, he played music in class. Like he, he was really like kind of chill, you know, I, and a lot of the students liked him, but that was just something that was completely inappropriate to me. And it was because I had these black revolutionary ass parents. My parents taught my sisters and I from a very young age, what we should know about white people and what we should know about our own history. And I think that was very unique for us because I did not have a lot of peers who had that same understanding. And you know what it is, y'all? It's not because parents are intentionally neglecting to teach their children. It's because of the what? Say it with me. White imperialist power structure. Okay. They don't want you to have access to that knowledge and they don't make that knowledge readily available because they know if it is not taught in school, if it is not a mandatory part of the curriculum, you don't have to learn it. You see what I'm saying? So we were in the unique position where like early on, I am like, I'm uncomfortable by these comments because I have an understanding of this history and how it impacts us because I have been taught it from a young age. And I thank my parents for that. And there were definitely a few other students in the class who were very uncomfortable with this. And when I would say something about it, or when I would disagree with him, you know, the students, because they, this was the cool teacher, this was the favorite teacher, they, I was, 
ostracized. You know, there were multiple times where this teacher was tired of arguing with me and he would instruct the entire class to face me and tell me to shut the fuck up, y'all. And when I tell you I ain't never walked out of no class, I, I just stopped going. I did not attend. I did not go. So my parents would come to parent-teacher conferences and they're like, what the fuck is going on with my child? And teachers would be like, I've never seen this child a day in my life. I wasn't going and my parents didn't care especially when it came to like this specific teacher that I'm talking to uh, talking about like um there were multiple times where my dad had to be like don't talk to my child like this and so um I remember <laughs> like when I would when my parents would come to parent teacher conferences this teacher would do everything in his power to avoid both of my parents so um it was just, it was crazy. And I think these experiences are more so reflective of like, you know, the power of understanding. Because as adults, we look back on this and we're like, oh my God, like how the fuck could anybody? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we got the tools. Okay, we have an understanding of how, you know, a lack of knowledge, a lack of context impacts you as an individual person. So of course we have that understanding about how it impacts you on a, on a systemic level. You know what I mean? Like, there are no classes. There weren't even sociology classes. There was one sociology class in my school for a while. You could only take it if you were an upperclassman, so junior or senior. And the teacher was this white woman with a black boyfriend who uh, took every opportunity to tell you that her man was black. Every <laughs> single solitary opportunity. So we would get to like the part of um, her class that was like understanding the interpersonal relationships and you know the, the, the context of creed race you know stuff like that and you know she'd be like so my husband is black and I'm just like congratulations bitch what you want a fucking black and white cookie or some shit like that you want us to get you a blondie what the what do you want from us okay and when I tell you like the kids in my class ate that shit up like yes girl I know that's right like love you a black man and I don't think they understood how this was used as a tool to for her to position herself as someone who had better knowledge of our experience because she was with a black man. She would be like, so I know what people go through. Do you, white woman? Do you? When I tell you I ain't never dropped a class so fucking fast in my life, and don't get me wrong, she was a nice lady. Her class was cool. But I'm just like, I am not about to sit up here and be lectured on the black experience by a white woman who's dating a black man, okay? You cannot fuck your way out of racism, my lady, okay? You can't. So... I just think that especially in public schools, there were a lot of things that were set up to make us stop asking questions and to to vilify ourselves and our peers so that like we could create an environment where there was hostility, volatility, aggression and stuff like that. So that stuff like that happened. So kids would fight each other and they would you know, have behavioral problems and they would get sent to the office or like I said, the school resource officer, which led to the police, okay? I knew a bunch of kids who would be arguing about absolute nonsense because that was the type of environment that was fostered in the public school system and they were, you know, administration was contacted and we did not have like school resource officers. We did have like quote unquote security but let me just tell you them niggas that they hire for security in the public school district that I was in were more worried about the girls getting closer to 18 than they were about protecting anybody and that's just tea baby but 
those interactions, as especially as you get older, you're you're not being sent to administration. The police are being called. You're being ticketed. You know, you're you're in the juvenile court system, and now you got a record. You don't have a chance when you're an adult. You know what I'm saying? Y'all, y'all don't hear me. You're not listening. I'm so I'm sorry, y'all. I'm up in arms. Okay, I'm up in arms because this is the truth. Okay, they don't want us to be successful about successful at developing community they don't want us to be successful at developing a universal understanding they don't want us to be successful at creating a unified culture and and bridging gaps between different types of black people because it is a threat to the white supremacist power structure y'all they cannot they they can't do that it's, it's too much of a fucking threat. They can't teach us how to know ourselves and how to love ourselves and how to better ourselves as people because it's too close to revolutionary. The second, the second black people get on the same page about their culture and their knowledge and their understanding and about where we come from, that is the, the first step in taking down white supremacy and it is too ingrained into every single solitary institution and organization in this country y'all i know i sound like dr umar and i be telling y'all i don't care but that's the truth okay so when we're in these schools and we're seeing this division amongst black children the the quote-unquote hood black children and the quote-unquote uppity black children and the quote-unquote nerdy black children you know that division is intentional it's intentional because one of the things i also noticed was that all them white kids that went to school together yeah they was clicked up All, all them white kids that were in my the black school that i went to every single solitary one of them knew each other they hung out with each other they lived in similar neighborhoods and once the day was over and they said goodbye to their black friends, they went back to their primarily white neighborhoods because I also live in the most segregated city in the country, y'all. It is intentional. So we got to be honest about it. We got to keep it a stack. There was definitely a good portion of our upbringing and of our childhoods and even of some of our adulthoods where we were being, there were people were being targeted by other black people because of aspects of white supremacy that were made to look like whiteness you know what i mean they're telling you oh black people are smart so if they try to be smart they try to be white oh black people don't have nuclear families they got two parents they think they better than you they think they better than you black people not supposed to have money they got a little bit of money they think they better than you they they, they trying to call you broke they trying to call you poor woo woo and then you have the introduction of things like clothing and shoes like oh my god there are there were so many things that were intentionally taught intentionally introduced into these environments to make it to cause more division y'all i'm sorry i i know it's getting a little radical in here but when i tell y'all the white imperialist power structure is out to get every single solitary one of us and will seek to destroy every single solitary aspect of our culture of our unification it just is what it is okay it just is what it is okay y'all that's all i'm saying so yes i do think that as adults we recognize the toxicity of that we recognize the ridiculousness of that and we can look back and we can be like "Mm, 
no, I, you weren't, that wasn't happening. That's not, it's a lived experience for many. And I think we can look back on it now and we can be like, oh no, it's just because you were weird. No, 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 no. Do not assign, don't, don't, don't diminish the power of white supremacy like that, y'all. Don't, don't do it. We have to recognize that there was, the, there was intervention that caused that. There was, and so that's definitely a lived experience for many, being called white or acting white, talking white, sounding white. Oh, you think you better than me type shit. And that's what it was. And I think now we can take a look back at that and we're like, oh yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> but we got to keep it a stack. It happened. It's a part of our history. And I definitely think it's a good part of our understanding, you know? Now that we know what it was, now that we understand the context, because y'all not following me when I say, oh, y'all don't think I'm serious. And I am. <laughs> White supremacy was out to get us, is out to get us, will always be out to get us. But we need to acknowledge places where we were complicit, places where we didn't have the knowledge, we didn't have the tools, we didn't have the skills to understand. That's what it was. That's what it was. And that's just, it is what it is, y'all. It ain't nothing we can do to change it. But there is absolutely a bunch of stuff we can do to move on from it. You know what I mean? And I definitely think that there are people who hyperbolize. Like, you know, oh, like men who are like, oh, black women don't date nerds. Okay. Well, you, sir, are just a terrible person and no one wants to date you specifically. But we don't we on the same hand we don't also have to deny the fact that there are lived experience for lived experiences for a lot of black people especially you know ones who were considered to be you know on the fringes a little you know whatever the case may be where they were targeted for that by specifically other black people y'all and it's all a part of what let me, let me get into my door bag. Can you say white supremacy? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's all a part of the white imperialist power structure, y'all. And now that we have an understanding of it, I think that collectively we do a very good job of trying to advance that unification and that understanding and especially give the next generation the tools to see those implications. So, yeah. But we got to keep it a buck, y'all. We got to keep it a stack. We cannot deny the lived experiences of those black people who did go through stuff like that. It happened. It was real. Okay. And that's it. That's it, y'all. That's it. Anyway, look, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so glad we had to, we got to have this conversation because I think as black people, we always just try to gloss over and be like, no, we have always been the best, the most understanding, you know, black people, and we would never do any, yeah, sometimes there were, there were many points where some of us might have been complicit in white supremacy, and that's okay, all right, because we fucking working on it, all right, don't let these white people motherfucking fool you, okay, because now, yeah, now we got it the fuck together, and we will continue to have it the fuck together, y'all, okay, perfect, Look, I'm so glad you came in. You had this chat with me. We done got this off our chest and we gonna move on, okay? So look, y'all, my lunch break was over like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> so I'm gonna wrap it up. Um, we're definitely gonna have to follow this up and talk about like the black nuclear family and and the back, yeah. So look, and we're, we're getting things set up. I know y'all voted on a panel at the beginning of the season. We're also getting the panel set up. 
So if you have any suggestions, any podcasters or any people who you feel like would be a great addition to a panel about like, because I definitely want to do like gender, sexual, gender and sexuality. Like I think that is a really good topic, um, especially considering, you know, some of the stuff that I like to talk about on this channel. So yeah. Or you know what? I don't know. We'll see. But anyway, y'all know what the fuck it is. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week. Next week, Thursday specifically, because I didn't forget y'all. I told y'all I'm getting this together. Until next week, y'all know what the fuck it is. Stay black. Peace out. Yeah.